Welcome everyone to S1E1, the show where each week we watch the first pilot episode of a different sitcom and discuss just that episode alone, ignoring any knowledge we may or may not have about future episodes. This week we'll be talking about Everybody Loves Raven. Everybody Loves Raymond went 210 episodes over nine seasons on CBS. The first episode is called Pilot, which originally aired September 13th, 1996. So to start things off, I'm your host, Jay Gags. With me as always, the guys, Gordo, Ferg, Joe, and that's it this week because Nick's not going to be here. So Nick's going to miss a couple episodes. So just the four of us this time around. What's up, guys? hey Hey. What the hell is a busty air? all right so to uh start things off the way we normally do has anybody not seen everybody loves raymond i've never seen it not a single episode not a single episode how which is weird because i'm we're currently almost all the way through with king of queens so the majority of my characters of knowing of these people aside from just sort of television commercials and they were pretty present at the time of the show being on there's just the whole family pops into king of queens pretty often so a couple things with that. First off, I never thought Gordo would be shocked that someone else didn't see a TV show, <laughs> but there was legitimate shock on his face when you said that. Yes, there was. I mean, the show was on everywhere. Like it was yeah. literally on like syndication almost every single night on multiple That's the channels. Thing. It's, even if you're not a big fan of the show, it, it gets, it, it's on TV a lot though. So like, I would say even if you're not a big fan, it's just one of those ones that you stumble across because it's just always on. Oh, yeah. I feel like I know what I come into this knowing a ton about it. I knew everybody's name. I knew everybody's sort of character and their whole scenarios. You I know that everybody loves it. Raymond. Yeah, obviously. And everybody hates Chris. It's pretty yeah. good knowledge to know. <laughs> and yeah. And, and to go back to what you said, not to cut you off, but you mentioned King of Queens. And, you know, I think for those who don't know, King of Queens is a spinoff of Everybody Loves Raymond. So even though there wasn't a ton of crossover, which happens with a lot of spinoffs, yeah, that, that show is a direct result of Everybody Loves Raymond, and they both had pretty substantial runs on their for their own now, right. I, I will say this, because I just recently watched the first episode where the Barone family comes into King of Queens, and they're at the bank. It's Doug and Ray are at the bank, and Doug makes it like he knows who he is because of the sports writing, but doesn't know who he is as a person, like, and, and doesn't know him as like a friend. And that totally threw me off. So now I need to go find where the spinoff happens because I always heard it was a spinoff. And then we watched that episode. I was like, what's wait, he should know him, right? Like, how did this happen? Yeah. So my I mean, I know it's a spinoff and I've watched both shows. And for the sake of, you know, pilots only like we're only going to talk about episode one. I don't truthfully have like in-depth knowledge of Everybody Loves Raymond to tell you specifically where that happened because I've seen a lot of episodes over the years, but I was never like a weekly viewer of that show. So I don't have like a strong knowledge. Yeah, I was going to say like I've seen a lot of the episodes because they were on in syndication. Um, It was one of the few shows that you could just kind of put on in the background and it's a harmless show, you know, And but I don't think I've ever watched them chronologically. So I know... Kevin James comes in here and there, but I don't know what season he does and then how his interaction goes on the Everybody Loves Raymond. Kind of a good gag for a spinoff, though, where, like, it's the guy who delivers your packages. It's a good way to have somebody come in every once in a while but not be part of your life all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, we we covered a couple months ago, we covered Perfect Strangers, and Harriet Winslow, who, you know, Family Matters becomes a gigantic show, but she was just the elevator woman, correct, on Perfect Strangers and like a small role, but sometimes they just catch something they like about a character and they realize that there might be some meat on the bone there and look what happens. 
I was going to say too, also, did you guys know that this is not the only crossover that Everybody Loves Raymond had? No, what other show? Oh, so, uh, thank you, Joe. Thank you for feeding that. Um, so, <laughs> The Nanny was also another crossover. When Fran Fine attends her high school reunion, one of her classmates is Ray Barone. Now, oh, Ray, Romano, Ray Romano and Fran Dresser were actually real-life high school classmates at Hillcrest High School in Queens in the 70s. Weird. They seem like their ages are off, but to that I say, Oh, Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's another interesting crossover there between the nanny and King of Queens. An interesting crossover Not with Queen the of nanny. King of Queens. Everybody uh, loves Raymond. crossover with the nanny and uh, Everyone Loves Raymond. We watched Everyone Loves Raymond the other day for the show. And I had to go do something for work. And when I came back, Kelsey was watching The Nanny on HBO Max. So it's full circle here, everyone. And I changed it immediately. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> I don't mind. I mean, we'll, we'll co- I'm yeah. sure we'll cover The Nanny at some point in time. Oh, for sure. But let's get into the open of the show. All right, so starts off uh, in the kitchen, and we just see, like, the mother running around with three kids. There's, like, two twins and an older daughter. Uh, dad walks in, who's Raymond, and uh, kind of jumps right into that chaos. And, I mean, it's it very. It's not, like, a super polished family sitcom, which I like. There was some shades of, like, reality in there. She's uh, jumping on his back. The kids are dropping there. I think it was mac and cheese. It was either that or cereal. It was just, like, a lot of chaos going on. Just, like, parenthood, right? So... I, I dug it. I mean, it was it was a fine way to set you off. You just kind of got a, a good vibe for what was going on with that family. Any, like, early things that triggered you guys, like, right away when you saw that? The girl was super annoying. Just the scurrying. daughter? The yes. daughter or the wife? Uh, the wife for me. I instantly hated Deborah. The really? daughter. Yep. My... No, the daughter just screeching the way that she did in that opening sequence when he starts giving her the cookies and stuff. Yeah, I just wanted to pull parenthood, bud. Yeah, well. I was gonna say if you ever have kids, I think that'll just be your life, right? Yeah, but I mean, we <laughs> we saw. I mean, she was just trying to like multitask, right? She was trying to feed three kids. She was on the phone. A lot was going on, so I wasn't like annoyed by her. I kind of felt for her in that situation. One thing I noticed, and I don't know if this changes later on, obviously, but we're so used to. I think a big part of sitcoms for us are the the houses. Yeah. Who has a there, there goes Nick now by somebody's <laughs> house. He's making sure he had <laughs> he a just pop in. By. Yeah. Uh, but this house was so boringly dressed to me. Like I don't know if it was because it's the pilot, but it's just all like the most bland gray wallpaper. It looks very not lived in to me. It just looks very much a set. So I kind of liked it when I saw from that opening scene. We didn't see the rest of the house at this point yet. We only saw the kitchen. But I had noticed like the picture that she had like the iced tea in and stuff. It all felt like things you would see at your parents' house. So it, it didn't feel... When was the last time anybody's parents here pulled out a pitcher, a glass pitcher of iced tea, though? That's one of those things. Well, uh, times are a little different. I mean, but... 1996, when yeah, did, your, well, did anybody's parents do that 20 Mio years ago? Like, Crystal Light was a thing. Like, I mean, like, Crystal Light's still a thing. I just used yeah, the, like the version. Yeah, with the pink lemonade and perfect strangers. The pinkest lemonade I've ever seen. But I don't know, circle. like, pitchers exist, Joe. It's, it's not like pitchers no longer are a part of the world. No, you but can nobody still go has the them. commercial pitcher of, like, here's your orange juice, honey. I mean, <laughs> I have one. I think I've used it once. And they're also very hard to pour out of. It just was, I don't know, everything looked realistic to me. The house looked lived in. There was a lot of, like, texture to the background. There was just a lot of things there. Things weren't perfectly placed. I will say it did look lived in in the fact that it looked like a young couple with three kids who didn't, like meticulously hang up things on their walls and that they were too busy with work and being parents. So that makes more sense. Right. Yeah. I was going to say it looked like 
almost a normal person's house. Like that's how you would. Yeah. And I find that, I find that endearing because I think in a lot, especially nowadays, uh, in a lot of the more modern sitcoms, especially like the houses are just not realistic. It's not just the niceness of them, right? It's not the, the layouts, but it's just like, everything is too new. Everything is too set up. Everything is too nice. And like, I want to see a half open box of cereal sitting there. I want to see the remote in the wrong spot. I want to see disheveled papers in the background. Like that just feels right to me. Maybe it's because I just live in chaos myself. I don't know, but. No, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I like to have things that are neat or whatever, but I also like, you know, understand that if you are busy in your house, your table's going to be a mess. Your kids. Yeah. And if right. you have three kids, especially I have no kids and twins, that means mess. two babies, you know? It's not just like all different yeah. like ages. So Ferg, as the expert on this, once. have you have you had this experience? Have you had uh, screeching and uh, wrong place remotes in your life? No, my child is an angel. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, one note I do have is I, I noticed like like you said the house is shitty. It's also really small, and if Ray's like a successful like well known sports writer, it's like I would have thought they'd have a nicer house. But it's probably because. He wants to live close to his parents. I mean, I know that they don't get into it at this point, but I don't know if the parent... I assume that that's his childhood home is where his parents live, and he moved across the street. Right, so then to not get too ahead then, let's jump right into the the intro of the show, because all that stuff is going to come up pretty soon after anyways. So the intro of the show I thought was really interesting, because it was Ray talking to the camera, and he explains the premise of the show essentially. And he tells you everything you need to know. He's like, hey, I'm Ray. I live in Long Island. I live with my wife, Deborah. I got three kids. I live across the street from my parents. And all the while, he's trying to assemble this, like, playhouse castle thing that he inevitably traps himself into. And it was just, like, very, I don't know, like, I dug it for watching episode one. And I was super tempted to cheat on our format and watch the intro of the next episode. Because I was like, this won't work. In episode two, like if you become a weekly watcher of this show, I don't need to see this every week. I'll say this as like an avid watcher of the show. I don't remember that intro in any other episodes. I He says the whole speaking thing, but they're all in it. I don't remember the whole him building the yeah. the toy thing. And I think that was only used for the pilot or, or maybe just early episodes because like I have zero recollection of, of that intro. Uh, no, I was going to say I have that too. And I wonder if it was just the pilot or just the first episode because i always thought that the intro was just the doodle and then like the little thing pop up yeah i mean I, it's weird because syndication <laughs> will change things too so it's like it's tough and, and and you know for the purpose of the show to just go by you know turning the blinders on and to just analyze this episode for what it is and forget anything else we know i thought the intro was fine it was it explained everything it like took you right into his world i almost wonder if it was something for maybe like the network up front or for like a industry sort of commercial thing where like they film that to just be like they hadn't filmed the show yet there's no other actors in it it's raymond being like hey i've got three kids in my life hey. oh i sound like a muppet ah. yeah, so they use that as a like a promotional thing when they were before they even made the pilot because i yeah, feel I, mean, I didn't look into it i probably should have captain wikipedia will probably inform <laughs> me but this seems like the kind of show that before this really happened it feels like a pilot was probably not necessary like they probably were like we're gonna do 10 of these either way right because this is like that last era of hey you're a comedian we like your act we think this will play well even though you're not an actor yeah we're gonna do something on you like like tim allen Jerry it Seinfeld. was actually david letterman when when ray romano went on david letterman 
Worldwide Shorts, who David Letterman's, David Letterman's company, is the one that hooked him up with the people at CBS. Well, I appreciate that. I love David Letterman, and thank you for reading the Wikipedia entry back. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. That's what I'm here for. The, the intro is fine, but again, I just don't see a place for that intro ever again. Because I just feel like if you're four episodes in, I don't need that whole thing laid out quite like that. But I don't know if they do that again in episode two. So, you know, from there we jump right into this next scene where it's Ray and Deborah are in the living room. And uh, just kind of, oh, it's been so hard. You've been gone for four days. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I really didn't want to be gone for four. And like, you couldn't tell if he was just trying to appease his wife by saying, hey, you know, this was hard for me too. But, you know, they, they may do with it. This is also too where you find out that they have three kids and she's coming up on her 32nd birthday, which... I was going to say, she does not look 32. 30, I was going to say 32nd, but she doesn't look... She doesn't look that. She looks older for some reason to me. See, I don't I look at that so much. I more just got, like, we've all made different life choices and the fact that she's 32 married owns a home and has three kids is like i think it was more relatable to more people at that time in 1996 than now but looking at it now where i'm like wow i would have been miserable like i would have been able to pull it off three years ago if that was yeah i was i was tempted to look up at the time and i just for whatever reason i didn't because they said she was 32 ish and that whole setup was more because her birthday is coming up on sunday which ends up kind of being the whole outline of the show is her birthday is coming up right i wonder if the 32 ish was more like She's turning 40, and he's like, no, it's your 32nd birthday again. No, I mean, I think we're, we're to assume it was in the ballpark. Yeah, so we, we landed on 32 is because he, he goes back. He's like, well, this is when he's like, I proposed to you when I was 23. I proposed again when I was 24. You said no both times, and then I waited a year until I got a job, and then at 26, uh, I succeeded. I did enjoy that little interplay. I also like, too, that he got his hat signed by Cal Ripken. Yeah, so, yeah. and that was the first time where you... We had mentioned it earlier what he does, but at this point we don't. And I was like, okay, so he has a sports job, it right? Like, because he was away for work, unless he happened to go to a game while he was on a business trip, which I guess could have been possible as well, right? That he was just assigned to be in Baltimore for a few days or something and saw Cal Ripken at a game. No, well, they say in the opening episode, in, in the opening scene when he first walks in, that he was, when Deborah's on the phone, she says, uh, Ray's been gone for four days covering the Yankees. So oh, that kind okay, of okay. that kind of gives oh, you a that little part, actually. Yeah. So she's on the phone and she goes, he he's been out for four days covering the Yankees and he's sixteen minutes late. And then that's when he walks in. And then that's when the whole first scene starts. And the the other thing to go back a little bit about her age and because we're not sure exactly how old she was. And to those listening who don't know us personally, like we are all 35 we're all 35 right now right as of the recording of this yeah, episode so. yeah yeah so we're all 35 so we, we're all just a hair older than she would be there and I, you know to be honest i didn't get the vibe that i was older than how she appeared she's a very attractive woman but i did think she was a little bit older but i think a lot of that could have been a mixture of the style at the time and that they did dress her up very like disheveled mom, right? Like they didn't do her up. The makeup was done a certain way. Like it wasn't an exciting haircut. So like some of that could have been purposely done to like give her a little bit of wear and tear from the troubles of home life. I don't know. Maybe it's because it was on, I mean, that's 1996. So where we were what, 11, mostly most of us, 11, 12. Yeah. 10, 11. So that was old for us. So maybe it's just looking back with that lens, but, I feel like people now look too young, almost. Well, yeah. Like when they say that they're 30, they look 
like they're 20. And when we were younger, I mean, I don't know. It's People also aged horribly before because we're pro wrestling. All of us are pro wrestling fans pretty much our entire lives, right? So think of some of the yeah. people who were younger than us in the early 1990s. We were watching wrestling who were 25 and you're like, wait, how old? And I think it was not long ago, I, I actually, to keep on topic with that, I sent you guys a picture of Hulk Hogan at our current age, like when he was 35, and you go, what? <laughs> like, that was, that's not a 35-year-old man. He, this guy's, he was always 50. That's but true. I think what happens... His mustache, though, was 35, so it makes yeah. sense. So we, and we talked about this in an episode in the past. I can't remember exactly which one, but I think what happens is you get locked into the time you meet someone. So like if you watched Everybody Loves Raymond or have any memories of it from, you know, 96, was it? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're tennis, you identify with her being older than you and momish. Like, so when even when you're older than she's supposed to be at that time, you don't view her is younger than you because like your memory is always going to be locked in that she's older. That's true. And that's what I think happens. And I think now that we are older, we look at people who are supposed to be our age as either younger or on par. That's how I see it. What I mean by that is they look like somebody that I would view as my age versus really young. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just. Yeah, I see it weirdly. I see frozen in time where I think that they are 35 or whatever still i don't think they've ever aged but i also think that we're all still like 22 or something so it it still doesn't make sense it's off by some weird degree right and so the whole thing with this episode like we said her birthday's coming up and she doesn't want the parents and brother of ray to come to the house for her birthday that kind of becomes the whole issue right because she just wants to date her herself she's always um watching the kids all the time ray's always gone at work but then because Ray's parents live directly across the street, they come over unannounced all the time. And that's the the whole point of this episode, really, is to establish that, right? That they are very intrusive on their lives. So I have a couple of problems with that. So first of all, I don't think it's out of the realm of reasonability that she would want to have her day and be by herself or be with her family. Where my problem comes in, did you notice the hair at the top of scene two? I'll have to show you a picture in the group chat, but there is a hair whenever they pan to Deborah in that second scene, and it follows them whenever that camera shot happens throughout the whole episode, that it almost looks like there's a crack in the camera or somebody has like a hair that's on the lens. And it annoyed the hell out of me. I don't know if you guys saw that. On the lens or on her? Yes, it's on the lens. Oh, well, you said that was a problem you had with the, what, I thought you were about to say a problem you had with the premise of the show and her, her feelings towards her parents. You're like, well, you know what? I got something to say about that. And then here's a completely irrelevant thing that has nothing to do <laughs> with that. wipe the lens off, so fuck this show. <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, I don't think that that's unreasonable. The other thing too is why the hell don't they lock their doors? Like seriously, you live in Queens, you live in Queens, in New York, the parents just walk in. You know how you stop that? You lock the damn door. Yeah, like I mean, problem solved, right? I don't know. That's just me. I think right, you that... just sent me a picture, Gordo. We're, we're we're talking in real time here. Yeah, it does look like there is a scratch in the lens. I'll have to post this on the Instagram. Yeah, we'll 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 put this on uh, our social media. But and to my point right here, I would like to say this is a perfect thing. In this screen cap that we will post, if you go back, you see the most boring curtains, the most boring wallpaper, and an empty hat rack. Who in that house do you think wears hats? I mean, I'm guessing Ray oh, got right. his hat signed by Cal Ripken. Yeah, it's Cal Ripken. I don't think he's putting his baseball caps up there because I'd imagine he has more than one and there are none there. I don't think he I think that's like the him. lost art. Like, that's not like a big thing. And I'm a man who owns a lot of hats. 
But like that's, I guess if we were gonna set set decorate, we could have thrown one or two caps on there. Something, yeah, I would have put at least there. one. I mean, if he's in Queens, is he a Mets fan? I forget how the divide works. The Bronx is the Ooh, Yankees. I'm not Queens. sure the exact. Like I know Queens is where the Mets play, and yeah, the Bronx Queens is where the, um been like Long the, Island the Yankees usually. play. But as far as the other boroughs, I don't know if there's like a straight line or if you just pick your favorite. I'm really not 100 percent sure. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. I feel either. like there is a weird cutoff though. It's like if you're from half of Connecticut, one half is a New York fan, one half is a Red right. Sox fan or whatever. And again, it's like not to go back to what they were, what she's trying to explain. I understand where she's coming from completely. And there are points of the episode where I totally side with her. And there's points where I don't. And we'll get into that as we go along. But there's definitely some notes there like along the way where it's like it's really tough to decide who's who you're completely with at times. Yeah, I mean, there's a part of you that's like, well, if they're over all the time, that's super harsh, right? But I'm also guessing that there's a lot of, like, free babysitting so they can go out on the town and live their lives and all that sort of stuff because the parents are right there, too, right? That she probably doesn't think of as as much of a help as it probably is. Maybe I'm speaking from a weird point of view. I have no kids. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I mean, but... I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. I, the, we only have one resident member of the show with a child, but... You know, I, I have my like my niece and like I see the convenience of having like, you know, like my mother around to help out if, you know, my brother wants to go somewhere because she's available to watch in, in times of need. And this kind of comes up later in the episode. So I'm excited to when we get to that point, because there are things about that scene in particular I really want to get into. So as Deborah is talking about how the family can be a bit intrusive and, you know, the parents will walk in whenever they want, essentially at that moment, the mother walks right in the door without ringing the doorbell and the mother is doris roberts so i was a little excited about that mainly because grandma's boy is one of my all-time favorite movies i do really love that movie but the second she walked mm-hmm. in i said you damn dirty dopers like i could <laughs> not and although um although that movie came out significantly it came out i think right when this show is ending but this show existed for nine years but i've seen grandma's boy so many times that she will forever be the grandma from grandma's boy to me at this point you know for the duration of my life see i will never know or not as ray's mom like if i yeah, even like saw her on something else oh you know with ray's mom so. yeah that's how i felt like the first dozen times i saw grandma's boy but then when it got out of hand with how many times i saw that movie it flipped she's also uh ellen griswold's mom in christmas vacation i think too right yep. i was about you know and i wanted yeah. to cut into and I, I even have in my notes like see if anyone else knows her from something different especially joe it's her her and kitty pop up and everything like yeah she had a you know unfortunately she passed some years back uh, i forget exactly what year I I it, was around 20, it was like around 2016 or something like i think but i mean that woman if you look at her imdb she was working consistently for like 60 years straight like nonstop, and she died at age 90 so you know i, I think bless she, she had a good she was run. part of like that 2016 class with like harambe and all those other celebs. Uh, dude, don't bring that up. Harambe died on my birthday. Who was Harambe? <laughs> what? Who what? was Boner? <laughs> do, you, do, you, I, do you not, do you honestly not know who Harambe is? It's not ringing a bell. Harambe. The gorilla, the that gorilla? shot when the kid fell into the tank. The, oh. In the Cincinnati Zoo, the gorilla, yeah. And the yeah, gorilla didn't even do that. anything to the kid. They were just so afraid that he would that they just killed him. Dicks out. Dicks out Probably for Harambe. Probably should have shot the kid too, just to be safe. Yeah, I mean, the the kid caused more trouble than the gorilla did. I'm shocked Ooh. that you don't know that first because it was, well, you were so out of touch with, like, modern pop culture that, like, I can see how you missed that because it was a giant, like, meme thing for, like, a solid couple of years. And thanks to people like Gordo, it's still a meme thing because Gordo <laughs> still posts about Harambe pretty regularly. <laughs> like, I do. He's always in my heart. 
Okay, so if I've seen Gordo post a meme of a gorilla, that's what it's referring to? Yes, that's that's exactly what it is. Okay. Dick's out for Harambe, guys. Dick's out. All right, so so, so we see the mom come in, and, you know, right away you can see, like, the dynamic that she has with the rest of the family and how she very much just inserts herself into their lives and is a little overbearing because she basically just saw Ray's car, and that was enough cue for her to walk right in the door. Was a little mad at Ray for not calling his mother, you know, when he's... I'm assuming also in his like mid to late thirties, not calling his mother immediately when he gets home, even though he doesn't live with her. And she gives him like a kind of like a little playful slap on the face and then has um like a box of, was it baking soda? Yeah. Yeah. For the fridge because she thought the fridge smelled and it was like, you know, it's like a little shot at the wife. Yeah. You can get the dynamic right away that she thinks she's a better homemaker than um, Deborah. And that's one of the big points of contention they have. Better homemaker, better mother, and better to Raymond, right? So you get the trifecta of the nagging uh, mother-in-law archetype. Yeah, because not only is she that close by, but she's not, and she's inserting herself all the time. But on top of it, she's not afraid to give her opinion and critique Deborah on how she feels Deborah conducts herself and runs her home. Yeah, the serious point of contention throughout the series. I know we're not supposed to talk about it, but like, it's just always like, oh, that's okay, dear. I wouldn't have done it that way, but. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it does come up throughout the throughout does, the series, but passive, passive aggressively critiquing her, like. At some point, yeah. Ray was like, she does it with love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do like this, too, because it sets up that you know what kind of a relationship they have, that you know that there's a second part of it. You know there's the father still that you haven't seen. So it kind of yep. builds the anticipation yes. of like, okay, is he going to be the opposite? Is he the level-headed one? Or is he going right. to be just as crazy and they're going to be unbearable to be around? And I'll say this, too. Like, one thing that at this point of the episode, even though we're only really being introduced to three adult characters, I thought the chemistry between everybody was really good sometimes with like a new show it takes the characters a little while to find a rhythm to you know to get used to each other's styles but as far as a family sitcom goes this felt very natural to me like ray and deborah were a very believable couple the way they interacted with the mother was incredibly relatable they all seemed very comfortable with each other i was really impressed with how well those actors all meshed in the pilot episode in the first few scenes I feel like they must have had to have either um, rehearsals or like a week in a hotel together. Like what a great idea, right? If you're going to have this giant sitcom with like a 10 person cast, if you just were like, okay, we're going to, I was going to say Florida, but that's the worst state in the world. We're going to, I don't know, California. Sorry to any of our listeners in Florida. Florida is great. It's one of my favorite places. Don't listen to Joe. You've all seen how disconnected he is. I've also been to Florida three times and it's a nightmare. I've lived there. I've been twice this year. That's too many times. Too, too many. Gordo, you lived there. Thoughts on Florida? I like the heat. Oh, you're all bonkers. I like gators. Bonkers? Who says bonkers? Who's boner? (laughs) Who's boner? (laughs) What I wanted to to call attention to is the idea that they might have all gone somewhere for a week was Joe's speculation and own idea. And then he followed up by saying, what a great idea it is to do that. So Joe made an idea of what they may have did. And then congratulated himself for having a great idea. <laughs> like, what, what, a, what a spectacular idea I just had. <laughs> Go me. Sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle and you just got to, you know, congratulate oh, yourself. They, they legitimately do that in a lot of sitcoms. I can't think of one. I, I, re- I know they took a trip to Vegas on one and I, it's going to kill me if I can figure out. I mean, what it it's is, definitely but... good to try to find time to let people bond, to, to at least be comfortable around each other. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that they all... Oh, it was Friends, our first episode. Friends, they, they all went uh, on a Vegas trip to get to know each other. Like, Friends, after they were for cast. those of you 
for those of you who want to go through our archives, episode one. Our S1E1. S1E1 of S1E1, friends. That gets brought up a lot. We do. Fr- There's at least one David Schwimmer impersonation episode, I feel like. So somebody get ready to <laughs> get on the Rachel. mic. There it is. Thank you. But you can combine. Like, Ray is basically David Schwimmer. They have a I similar they're definitely level in a of movie. excitement in their tone. They're definitely in a movie together. Oh, they're in um that newest Scorsese movie together. They're in The Irishman together. No, they're not. They are, because aren't they? Are, oh, didn't they co-star with Eeyore in that? <laughs> oh, bother. <laughs> or maybe I'm thinking <laughs> of a different movie. There's me. definitely a mob movie, though, where we'll have to look it up. But they're definitely in something together. And I feel like that's for us. That's like, um, you know, that scene in PCU where he's trying to see uh, the movie that has the same two people at the same time so he can finish his thesis. Yeah. From that movie PCU. Anybody remember PCU? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the guy who's watching TV the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pigpen, I think his name is or something. Yeah. <laughs> Ferg knows. That movie rules. I love that movie. <laughs> Great movie. Never All right. So, so let's let, let's keep going. So. Yeah, we're at like minute four. Of yeah, this, of the episode. Yeah, and we're, we're, at, we're pretty deep minute in thirty. I, I can't imagine a world where like, if this ends up our longest episode, it's, I don't know if people are going to be super excited about it. But we'll, 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 let's let, let's keep going. Along. All the Raymaniacs out there. Yeah, Ray Maniacs. I'm so excited. <laughs> So the, wow. con- so the conversation, the <laughs> conversation uh, continues on about kind of like how the parents are, you know, too involved in their lives. Uh, this is when they're upstairs in the bedroom now. And it comes up that the father keeps listening to their voicemail messages on the answering machine <laughs> and keeps somehow figuring out the, their password and keeps like changing it so he can listen to their messages and then leaves them messages to re- recap what, uh, what, you know, he just listened to. So uh, he had to, uh, he reminds Deborah that she has to call Linda back. She had like an interesting time at the gyno. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> very interesting visit to the gyno. <laughs> yeah. And Ray's still defending them, and I and I get it. And it's it's like I think when you're in like a closer small family, and like I can relate in that part. Like you know, like my family, we're all very involved in each other's lives pretty closely. So I can see how like I wouldn't say like in that way where we're overbearing over each other, but I it's really tough to not defend your family in those moments sometimes yeah. because you know yeah. you have that. Even though he's talking to his own spouse, it's you have your whole life of equity with these people. And it's, it's really tough to stand up against them and say like, Hey, you need to step back a little bit because that stuff can become uncomfortable. So, I mean, I, I, I can relate I, I to where Ray's they're, they're from. annoying, but I, I honestly, I thought she was out of line and just building this hatred towards her throughout the entire episode. Like, I'm just, well, like, I think when the mother showed up, like they gave you the example with the, like the critique of the fridge and stuff like that. Like they try to give, like not make her too strong. It was like she, a natural she, she way to hate Robbie. It. Robbie doesn't do anything to her. Like right. Robbie, is just weird and she's talking shit about him and doesn't want like why is robbie gonna come over it's like what yeah. what the hell does he do is robbie robert, robert. yeah robert i don't know robert the brother robbie. yeah it's like how, say, how well of a basis are you on with they're really you know close robbie. For, no for, the mother for, for calls robbie. him robbie oh does she i don't yeah she this, calls yeah. him robbie everybody else calls him robert okay so yeah. he comes in now do you want to play a game of where do we know this actor from because there's a big one for us here well, sure. we're, we're still not quite Are we not there at yet? that point yet. We haven't yeah, met them. This is the first time we, that they really talk about Robert. Oh, and you're Robert, right. Yeah, I'm jumping the gun. Yeah, so Rob, Rob and they, they said he's like 40. He lives with his parents. He's a cop. And, like, that's all we really know. But, yeah, again, Deborah's a little hard on him, too, and he didn't seemingly do anything wrong. I can see her issues with the mother at this point, but we don't know the rest of the family to know why she feels that strong about everybody. 
But yeah, so we cut to later. Now Ray's playing with the kids. Uh, Deborah's no longer there. He's shuffling. He's playing a little game. He's shuffling the twins around to see if the older daughter can tell them apart. But then he gets confused himself. Kind of, you know, goofy little joke. Doorbell rings and the daughter runs downstairs and is excited to see Leo, who's Ray's friend, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really explain that too well. Yeah, they just he just popped up. And, and, and the only thing I thought was a nice thing that they that I noticed was he at least rang the doorbell so you knew it wasn't a family member because if it wasn't they would have just opened the door and walked in yeah they set the expectation that family walks in but anybody else will ring the bell they, they like ring the doorbell like you sh- should you when should. you're entering someone else's home we're now in the living room and we meet Leo who's Ray's friend and he's hanging out with Ray the kids are asleep now and you know at this point I'm like all right they're just gonna sit down watch tv because Ray has the house to himself other than the fact that the kids are asleep and Leo who doesn't seem to understand how children work was like let's grab some pizza yeah the classic let's go get a slice (laughs) comment a thing that no one really says pizza I was gonna say why did they even have to go out for a slice of pizza well you don't know Mm -hmm. that they said get a slice they could be getting orange sodas so that might have been, let's go get some orange sodas. Yeah. But I don't even know what to say to that. It, <laughs> do you know that Slice is an orange soda? That's a brand of orange soda? No, you didn't. No. No. I mean, that's I thought that, that, that the orange you. soda was like the, the Slimer soda. Is that the same thing? That's high C. That's high C. And that's, that's yeah, not, that's not soda. soda. And just so you know, crazy concept, more than one people make orange soda. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know that, but I always thought it was like generic, like orange soda. Fanta wasn't like, we call dibs. <laughs> no one else can create this flavor. Yeah, Sunkist made one, Fanta, Slice. No, Sunkist made Sunny D. Nope, Sunny D makes Sunny D. No. <laughs> yeah, you put it in the fridge next to the purple stuff. No, I thought Sunkist made Sunny D. I thought they, they, they did that. No, I just making they that didn't, up? They didn't I put think that you're making that onto up? the world. I, I, I don't want to pretend to be. I don't want to pretend to be an expert on all citrus based drinks, but um, I don't think you're right. Oh, but shit. but in general, to, to not get into too crazy of a tangent, uh, Leo wants to go out and get a slice of pizza with Ray. Which okay, but Ray's home with the kids, and like they're not bothering you because they're upstairs asleep. Turn on the game and just order a pizza. Like, I didn't really... Simple solution. Yeah. For the purpose of the show, I understand that you're trying to find a reason to get Ray out of the house to create the rest of the episode, but I thought this was just kind of a weird way to go about it. Just a friend who didn't understand while he was already there. Maybe if he called on the phone and was trying to, like, Ray, you got to see this. Something's going on. And like, there was some sort of internal conflict. It shouldn't just be the game. He needs something more to get him out of the house that he couldn't be also doing at home. Going to a right. bar to watch like, the oh, game Oh, you're stressed. Pizza. You could use a beer. Right. Or like, we're going to the strip club or my friend's band is playing down the street. Something yeah, you couldn't just do There has to be like a reason to, to at least pizza. entertain the idea other than, I want pizza and I don't know how to call it and have it delivered to your home. Can, can I just say that I'm probably the only person here who thought they were going down to a regular pizza joint and getting, like, slices of pizza? That might That's be what they not. Did. I mean, I they think could that have been. They they said they it could have been a bar or a pizza shop. So I thought that at first, and then I, as I was writing my notes, and then I thought maybe it's a bar. I mean, it might they have. They can... might have grabbed a beer and a slice. You know, you know what they could have done? They could have said, raise a sports writer. Hey, so-and-so's down at this bar. You got to go get an interview. Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, oh, I wanted yeah. to meet him for years. Like anything. But I think yeah, they also wanted like... I think they also did want a reason the reason for him leaving to be a tough argument when it comes to play later on. So my my whole problem with that is we're all grown men. Do any of us say, Hey, you wanna go grab a slice? 
Like, is that something that, like, grown men do? No, I don't think that's realistic for today's no world. Slice. Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to say yes to pizza, but... But, I mean, you could have just ordered it. Like, especially because, you know, you're home watching your kids. Like, I don't this know. This is the Doesn't, 90s. I don't There's like no Grubhub yeah. or Uber Eats. Right, but you could still have pizza delivered to your house in the 90s. That wasn't a new thing that came with Uber Eats. Yeah, you call up your random house of or Domino's or something. But during this debate is like because Leo thinks like, well, just have your mom watch them, which like I do understand if you know the dynamic of the family and you know mom's across the street and it's not that late. It's not the most difficult ask. We did talk about earlier the convenience of having them across the street. But I think with everything going on, I can see why Ray was just like, no, I have the kids. I told her. I told the wife that I was going to watch them, and that's what I'd like to do. But at that point, mom comes right back in the door again, and she has club soda to help with Deborah's stain on her shirt, which is uh, something that happened earlier in the episode. She's helpful, man. So at this point now, we do see where he's conflicted, right? Ray doesn't really want to go. He knows he shouldn't, but he's being like very forcefully pushed out the door at this point by both his mother and by Leo because he doesn't want to tell his mom, Deborah doesn't want you here all the time. But I'll say He's out of line, by the way, if Deborah's not there, like what, what does it matter? Who's watching the kids while they're asleep? Like, so that's that was my thing, because I said earlier, there are times where I agree with her and times when I don't. This was a time I didn't completely agree. You're not home. You trust her to watch your kids. It's not like you don't try. It's not like you think that anything's going to go wrong when your mother-in-law is watching the kids. So it's obviously, like, hey, Bobcat Goldthwait's coming over to watch the kids later. It was your <laughs> mother-in-law from across the street's going to. I wanted to do an impersonation, and I knew I was going to muff it. I, I even prepped my throat. I was about to do it and be like, ah, I can't do it. Hey, <laughs> kids. No, it's terrible. We're already, too, we're already doing too many bad uh, <laughs> yeah. queens. Yeah, we, this is not a show of impersonations. But yeah, no, I mean, like the whole idea that to have your mother-in-law watch and you don't want them... You don't want them over your house all the time. You want a little breathing room, but you're out watching a movie with your friend. If they're watching, they still want to see their grandkids. So like you have to make time for that. So what's not a more perfect time than when you're not home? Like it's the perfect time to have them over the house. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have to mm-hmm. deal with it. You only have to deal with them for a little bit before yeah. and a little bit after. Like, so I didn't think win, that this win. was like the perfect conflict to to kind of raise this problem. I, I get that they're trying to drive in the overall theme of the story is Deborah doesn't want Ray's family over the house all the time. And they're trying to find a reason to bring them into the house. But I don't know if this was the best thing for her to get upset about to make this the, the shining example for the first episode. Yeah, but um, but we haven't gotten to the part where she comes back home. No, and, yeah. and, and we got a little bit to go before we even get to that because now yeah, so minute fifty. Yeah, <laughs> we are really taking the long way to Queens on this one, boys. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now at this point, uh, Ray's out of the house. So now, dad and brother enter, and the father, J- Joe. You wanted to get into this first? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, everybody loves Peter Boyle, right? I yep. mean, I'm assuming everybody has the base movies, right? You know him from. But I wanted to bring up a movie that was specific, specific to our crew of people. So I'm, I'm guessing everybody knows, like, you know, like Taxi Driver and, yeah. you know, Young Frankenstein or whatever. Has anybody seen the movie The Brinks Job? No. No. I feel like I have. I know, know the name. The but... first thing that came to my mind was Young Frankenstein. And I don't even yeah, know if anything else at the time was really triggering with me other I than Young Frankenstein. Taxi Driver. But... Yeah, Taxi Driver where I would go first, and then Young Frankenstein. But there's maybe The young... Brinks Job. It's uh, Peter Falk, Columbo, and uh, a bunch of people you'd know or whatever. But. The opening scene, it takes place in Boston. It's about a bank robbery that happened in Boston in the Depression era. But the opening scene is they bust everybody, or he gets out of jail at Deer Island. So it's actually filmed at Deer Island. And as they drive away from Deer Island, that dilapidated house that we always used to like see. Oh, the creepy old house. Yeah. The old house. 
For those of you like, who don't know, by the way, Deer Island is um, like a, an offshoot of our hometown that um, we all grew up minutes from. So this is a, a familiar area to us. So for those of you who aren't from the greater Boston area, now, now you know what we're talking about. It once became, it was a prison and then it became a sewage treatment plant where I worked for a very not well-smelling summer. But uh, yeah, that house is in it's full effect as they drive by and there's like people oh, yeah. inside and lights in the windows and like people living in it. And it's just kind of a trip to see because we're just used to seeing this dilapidated house. That house was haunted. That was a very Winthrop specific thing. I just, it's on YouTube. Definitely check out just for that opening scene. It's just like, you'll see that house and be like, whoa, fuck. People lived in that house. It wasn't always just like a like lean-to. Crack house. The, the, the one where people would spray there was, paint. There was a, a dead yeah, bird in the, the fridge. House. So... <laughs> And then the brother who, I mean, you know from Everyone Loves Raymond, I don't know if there is anything else that the brother was in that I remembered him from before Oh, this. there's a few things. I mean, he's Hulk Hogan in Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. He's the voice of Hulk Hogan. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Is he? Yeah, it's funny we brought Hulk Hogan sort of apropos of nothing earlier, but he's the voice of Hulk Hogan. He's also oh. in my favorite episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which is the one where um, Will goes down to Alabama to hide out because there's somebody trying to kill him, and there's a hitman after him. He plays the hitman. Oh. Oh. I, I mean, I've seen like every episode, but I'd have to get refreshed on that one. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember that one off the top of my head. I don't know why it always pops out. It's always my favorite one. He's just a, it's because it's a weird episode, right? It's Will Smith getting chased by a serial killer or like a hitman. And then it's not in Bel Air. It's in the South. It's just a super weird one. And we see um when they come in, they're kind of, again, we get right into that whole, the, the family's intrusive thing, right? Because the father walks around, he notices a Victoria's Secret receipt for $120 for a boost, boosty year. Uh, what did how, how do you say it? A busty air. Busty air. What the hell is a busty air? Busty air. And then um, the the and brother was... somehow is already eating Fruit Loops. And I, I like, love where... that he's walking around, he's carrying a bowl of cereal. I was just me. like, how did that happen? Like, where did the Fruit Loops come from? But he's just walking around and notices a um a, like a plaque that Ray won for you know being a writer, like an award, and was very like, oh, uh, everybody loves Raymond. So I guess they wanted to get that line in there at some point, but. He really, like, it, he's very jealous and resents his brother for the attention he gets. And that is, they, they really drive that in every time the brother opens his mouth the entire episode. He's got some great lines here, too. I think this is where he says, um, I go to work, people shoot at me. And uh, people go to, he goes to work, people do the wave. Yeah. And they he says, a yeah. hot dog, they do the wave. Yeah, it's like they doodle on a piece of paper, they give him a medal. But also, because Nick is not here because he's on assignment, I just wanted to bring up a $120 worth of uh, busty airs in uh, 1996 would be $205 worth of them. Did, did you do yeah, that too? Yep, like, I we it. all knew Nick wasn't going to be here. We we're like, I, I, wish I, I have that my down. Nick stats right here. <laughs> that one's for you, Nick. What an actual busty air is. I think it's like yeah, a bra. A is it like a corsage? Yeah, it's like a bra with like the top titty? part here. Like titty? Yeah, they, they, they talk about it in it's what the Selena wore. I love that you just said very quietly to the microphone, like titty. <laughs> and just yeah, there's there's a specific point where no, the, no, but wouldn't that just be a corsage? A corsage but, is what you wear from the, like at the prom. You're thinking of a corset? Yes, yes, a corset. <laughs> I think it's corset is the is correct cor- pronunciation I, for that. You know what? I don't Google them that often. I think so a like, corset is what you put inside your tape player. But yeah, it's a it's like a bra built in covers some of your chest and stomach type of sexual garment sexy garment not sexual it's not a sexual garment there's no dildos attached to it it's not a sexual garment okay <laughs> so uh, the uh so the father uh <laughs> okay um, a minute later the father okay, wakes up the kids enough. which uh was not something that was supposed to happen so he wakes the kids up uh even though he was not supposed to he comes down with them under his arm look who's yeah. up 
and uh, like, and I get it. Like, you know, like the the grandparents want to see the kids, right? And and grandparent rules are different than children rules, and I see that all the time. Like how you know, like how my mother would act towards my niece, where she does not act towards her the way she treated me and my brother as we grew up as kids. It's just you know. The oh, there's rules grandparent change. rules for sure. Yeah. yeah, things are different. Bedtimes change. All the rules are off limits. When you can eat junk food, everything's, you know, it, it's down the tubes. And you think it's a generic thing that's made up for television, but it is a very, very real thing that I have experienced firsthand. Also, I haven't brought this up in a few episodes, so I just want to put something out there. I know that the season went till 2000, or the show went till 2006, so he obviously didn't die. But what do you think police sergeant Robert Barone, do you think he was called? Do you think he went to the towers? Do you think he like got out? narrowly you'd imagine a sergeant in the police in new york city <sighs> would have gotten nobody respond nobody respond <laughs> i don't want this cut out i won't be censored again i didn't say anything bad there's nothing conspiracy here i'm just saying my assumption would be he's probably a hero and he probably got out of there just in time i guess so i don't know if they tackle that on the show uh, in future episodes but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i guess he is a new york city police he officer. is that that is correct he's a sergeant Time frame fits. So uh, flash flash forward a little bit. Uh, Ray gets home. Everybody's up. The kids are wide awake now. So he he knows he's in trouble unless he can fix this in a very, very rapid pace. Which also, like, if the mother, if Deborah only went out to watch a movie, you'd think, like, did he literally just, like, go down the street and get a single slice of pizza and walk right back? Like, how long? For, for him to be able to leave do what he had to do come back and all of this is like well within the time frame of like you know her just leaving for a couple hours like well maybe because she was with friends maybe they like got a drink before yeah, maybe, maybe or they stayed after, out for a little bit yeah like went to a diner I, after. I, ex- I expected deborah to come home before him and then be sitting there with them be like oh hi raymond but yeah. said he got home had time to clean i was very surprised by that yeah so now he kicks the parents out real quick and then uh and as they're leaving the father wants to smell the twins heads one last time and he's like just sniffing them and saying it's like the fountain of youth and i'm like <laughs> that's a real thing old people do that to your kids really yep <laughs> really i swear to I god i thought that was so bizarre no, that's not made up old people love smelling babies heads <laughs> and then uh and as we're isolating that one with the where's boner as our yeah. part of our soundboard as we're as uh robert's walking out he just turns over to rain he's like nice trophy and, and and i noticed that happen and it happens later in the episode too but they definitely um robert's character whenever there's a chance to put a button on the scene he gets that last line if he's in the scene he gets the last line almost every time oh i didn't notice that yeah it, it happens a lot it happened they definitely default to him but that same like dry one-liner like and and he walks off it happened a few times he's perfect because the show is everybody loves raymond but robbie robert doesn't love raymond so he's buddy robbie (laughs) are you and robbie going to get a slice after the show no all right robbie died in 9-11 joe he's a hero And he got uh, he finally got his nice medal that he was after. Moving on. So now we get to the next scene, uh, which is, starts in the same location again, which the show did a lot of. And I don't know if this is something I just noticed in this uh, television show in particular or if other shows do this a lot. But it was a lot of like fade out, come back to the same exact room you were in just to signify a time change, but not a not a scene change to move things along but they did that a few times here now um do you think that's because we watched streaming and that was a va- uh a vacation bro i'm sorry that probably could have uh, been a commercial break commercial where break. they come right back in yeah that, that, that's definitely 
most likely actually um why that's happening and I, it didn't really occur to me i, I think we uh, we consume television so differently now that maybe mm-hmm. my, my brain's forgetting that commercials happened in those fade in and fades that fade outs yeah sometimes things look so clunky now because they never made them with the idea that someday you'd watch 50 episodes of something in an entire right. weekend <laughs> you know we've all become nightmare humans right and then deborah comes home the kids are back asleep so i mean ray successfully got everyone out of the house cleaned everything up everything looks nice and to the point where when she comes home, she's like shocked at how nice the house looks because you would assume in this moment, Ray overcompensated by cleaning because he was so worried that she would notice. So he probably cleaned the house to a point where it's cleaner than it was left originally. And Deborah's super excited by that. And she's like, oh, I just want to see the kids before I go upstairs. And she gives them the little like nudge, like you also come upstairs. And I, I really like Ray's reaction he just stands there by himself and says out loud, I think I'm having sex. <laughs> he just runs up the stairs. This is where he yeah. goes and just starts throwing the way too many pillows that are on the bed off and taking his clothes off, right? Also, yes. how, how small is their bed? I noticed it right away. I wrote it in all my notes. They have a very tiny bed for a married couple. Probably full-size bed. Keep it close. You know, to go to the pillow thing, it, it was something that I noticed too when we were watching because it's one of those, I, I don't, I, they're still a thing, right? Throw pillows are still a thing. It's not like a sign of the 90s. I just personally, for your actual bed, don't see the point. I can see like the decorative nature in your living room to have a couple like extra pillows for style. I never really saw the reason to have like these decorative pillows all over your bed that you have to take off your bed before you go to bed. They come with sets. Yeah, sometimes, but yeah, no, you're right. But what's the point of them? Like, I just don't. I, I, I personally agree with you. Get... I have a ton of them and I hate them. Like I, I have no use for them. Sometimes I like them to keep your head elevated. You have a pillow for that. I just buy more regular pillows. Yeah, but one pillow isn't going to keep your whole head elevated if you're trying to watch buy TV. More buy more regular pillows. pillows. Yeah, you could buy more pillows. Yeah, you could buy more than one pillow. pillow. I wouldn't. I'm just saying, pillows. like Ferg said, if you get a bunch in a set, I'm going to use those because I already have them rather than buy more. But they're all tiny. Like, no, that's some not of those bed ones, like you saw, were pretty big. But And I, I did notice because at the earlier in the show, Deborah was getting rid of them at one point. And she put them in that little foot thing at the end of the, the bed, locker, like the little yeah. storage thing. But he's <laughs> just tossing them in the, the closet. closet. <laughs> I was going to say, though, for you to have those throw pillows on your bed and you have to put them away every single night, got to be annoying as hell. It's got to be. Like, there's no point in having it. They never would, though. That's a TV thing. Those are on the floor and they get picked up in the morning. There's no way. They're all over the floor in my room. Yeah, exactly. Just like when you go to sleep and you like put your pants on the floor or something, you're like, I'll take care of it in the morning. You're not folding everything every single night. Some days you will, some days you won't. More likely than not. Right now, won't. Ray's very excited because he's about to have sex. So he's not, he's, he doesn't really care specifically where everything's going, but Deborah oh, He knows walks where in. it's going. Yeah. De- Deborah walks in and you can see hey. by the look on her face immediately that Ray is no longer having sex. So... She went to see the kids and could smell the Old Spice on the children's heads. From, Boys' uh, heads smell like Old Spice. <laughs> yeah, from the uh, Fountain of Ute sniffing that happened earlier and then caught a Fruit Loop in one of their heads too, right? Or in someone's hair, something with the, with, with the Fruit Loops that, that Robert was eating. Hero Cop, Robert. So I was going to say too, is Old Spice that strong of a musk that it would wear off on a child's head in that also means that she is also going up to her kids and snipping their heads. Well, she might have kissed them on the head. That's not like that weird. Like it's like a mother kissing their Okay, twin I didn't get babies. that. I just I pictured her coming in and <laughs> sniffing her children. <laughs> no, I don't think that's what happened. 
gray bo- or like brownish tan bottle that stuff you can smell from like a mile away so if you oh, wore a bunch cool. of it on him i can definitely smell it right now think about it like, yeah like it's such a unique everybody's smell. grandpa had that the so OG. At this point, so everything's out now so he he explains that he went out and again we talked about this earlier but this is because the argument's really going on i just can't relate i understand why deborah doesn't want the family around all the time when she's there because she feels very trapped and like you're the outsider right because it's ray's family but again she is so upset that they were over when she was gone and left before she even got back and i didn't really think this was an appropriate time to be super upset i do because you left your kids with your husband with the specific because your husband just left you for four days while he went on a trip where you didn't a work get trip the, though yeah, but it doesn't matter so she just went out for a couple of hours and ray couldn't even stay home in those couple of hours and take care of the kids he had to, and for a lame excuse of i had to go i had to go with leo and get a you know slice of pizza like it's not like they called you out for work or they did anything that's important like you literally went to get a slice of pizza like a child no i mean we understand that the reason he left wasn't important and i can see her being upset about that i just think so when you go back and you say listen i you were just gone for days you didn't need to immediately leave the house with your friends you've already been gone i can understand that argument it's the obsession over the idea that the parents are in the house at any point in time which at that point it's straight up bitchy like it's it's more it's it goes from an annoyance to like her she's just being a bitch because she went out the house is now cleaner than it was when she left and the kids were in good hands no harm, no foul. She wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for the smell. It's like ignorance is bliss, but she makes a whole mountain out of a molehill. I do like Ray's delivery when she asked him why he left, and he was just like, pizza. Like, he was just like so afraid. And then he screamed at one point later on to like, the pizza wasn't even good. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> like, don't be upset. I didn't even enjoy the pizza that much. Like, that's going to change anything. <laughs> I think she's just mad that uh, Ray stole her haircut. <laughs> <laughs> they, have a, they have a similar... Uh, situation up top that is that would say that's that's pretty accurate and she's so mad about this that she actually goes downstairs to sleep on the couch and i kind of like that it's not like the typical um sitcom like him kick the guy down and make him sleep on the couch like she's like i can't be near you i'm going downstairs but then he yells at her too not to sleep on the couch because he already cleaned he just cleaned it (laughs) which is a nice little nice little way to close the scene so now um from that point we enter we see the first time we leave their house now and Ray is going into his parents' house and he's come to them to talk about Sunday and, and be like, listen, I, you guys can't come over. He's, he, now he has to do it because he's already in hot water with the wife. And they talk about when he brings up Sunday and the birthday, the first thing that comes up is the gift for her birthday, which I really liked. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah. He signed her up for like a fruit of the month box and like that month's box must have been pears. And they got so pears. many pears that she's like, not just like we don't need this many pairs. She's like overwhelmed and extremely upset by the amount of pairs that they received in this box. And I like it too because at first you just think it's a Ray's mom thing. And then yeah. she comes in, and then the father comes in and she's explaining to him what happened. And the father is just as upset. But the best line in all of that is when she misinterprets Ray telling her that it's a fruit of the month club and she goes oh my god you've signed us up for a cult yeah and all yeah. i can think of is a fruit of the month cult he's got I, us I in just, some sort I, of I a love cult she, she goes she goes why would you do this to me raymond yeah. <laughs> she's so upset by a box of pears what are we gonna do with all these pears like who's gonna eat them like you're like robert can eat some like robert doesn't need that many pears <laughs> 
It's funny because I, I don't remember that much about the show, but that joke stuck with me, and I remember that from the originally watching it, and it's one of the only things I remembered, and I didn't realize it was from the pilot. To me, was that like, was... I loved it. This, to me, this scene, this exchange between Ray and his mom about pears was my favorite part of the whole episode, like, by far. It really, like, her overreaction and how clearly upset she was by the pears, like, it really, it landed with me really well. Yeah, I think it's relatable, too. Like, it's it just, it's something that, like, it, we, we all have people in our family who overreact to things, and I just thought it was really relatable. Maybe it's just me, but that's, yeah, like, I mean, how it's just my like a, family it's a, would react. It's just, a, yeah, it's a, it's a dumb, weird kind of misunderstanding, just being on different pages. And what I also thought was kind of funny is, you know, back then, like the whatever of the month club, like those things existed. But like in today's world, flash forward 20 years, subscription boxes and stuff are crazy popular. Like that stuff is so wildly like adored by people in today's world. I actually got a jelly of the month club for Christmas this year. And jelly it was of the one month? of the best gifts I've ever gotten because it was so perfect and funny and such a good reference to second time here. Gross. Christmas vacation. Oh, yeah, it was a Christmas vacation. I was going to say, are any of you guys actively subscribed to any subscription boxes or anything like that? Or have you ever been? Nothing of the month I have for me. to a couple, I think, yeah. I've done um, like uh, like one of the wrestling boxes, which I've been off and on with at times. And I'll be honest, it's nice to get gifts in the mail. You know what I mean? Like no one's, I'm a 35-year-old single dude. Like I'm not getting a lot of presents very often. So it's like, you know, it's every now and again, like even though I'm paying for it, I don't know what I'm getting. So it's like, there's something nice about getting a present in the mail and not knowing what's going to be inside the surprise aspect mm. is nice but i feel like you never get stuff a lot of stuff you'd want so you end up with a bunch of stuff that you wouldn't actually care about if you're yes, getting like, i have drawers of that now for yeah, like these. blind box stuff like that yeah you're gonna always end up with stuff where you're like who for sure i think with the food ones i guess like i could see a little bit more purpose in them i would be afraid with like if you're like with the jelly or uh, a fruit of the, like if it's ever a month where you don't like the item it's instant waste right we got lucky. All the jellies were good. That's good. Hey, give them away to people. Yeah, I was going to say, you can give it away. But, like, I know people in my building, they um they get, like, the, the food boxes, like, the, the meal prep things. And oh, I yeah, think like blue you... ribbon or blue apron or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And all I can think of is I remember when I was working as a cook someplace, and they would get farm boxes from, from these yep. local farms here in Massachusetts. And I remember my owner walked in, and he goes, Look, we got rutabagas. <laughs> like, but he comes in with this huge box and like of these radishes and like Swiss chards and like rutabagas and all this stupid shit. And I remember just being like, "That's not good." Like, I would be so disappointed if I paid like three hundred dollars to yeah. some farm and they gave me like that. I think now they make it easier though for food stuff where you can like give if you have food allergies or things you don't want. Yeah, like we were looking at that butcher one just because the meat is supposed to be really, really good where like you mm -hmm. can be like hey i'm i don't eat shellfish or i don't eat whatever and they'll just give you more of stuff that you would eat so i think it's better now i think at the infancy of that stuff it was just like yeah we got 50 rutabagas here you go make a stew i've looked into like butcher box and like omaha steaks and stuff I, i've kicked the ties of those before but the, ultimately i'm like i'm just gonna be forcing myself like i'm gonna fill my freezer with all this like i can't <laughs> you know, it, you know it's many, good you, once you in a while how many times i've gone on omaha steaks and filled my cart and then just had like last second I got Yeah, I've been very very close to it. And, and you get free bacon this month if you order now. Like I've been very close. Omaha I, I steaks are very good. 
I, I bet like you really I mean, I need bet. an external freezer though. Like the only way to make that work yeah, is to have a standalone freezer. Yeah. If you've got one Ferg, then you should probably get some steaks and we'll have a barbecue. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> so okay, so this creates a terrible time now for him to uninvite them, right? Because now they're so upset about the fruit situation and Ray creates this excuse that they can't come over Sunday now because he's taking them to Bear Mountain, <laughs> which I, I meant to look up. Did anyone look up if this is a no, real place? I, no, I, I, I wanted I meant to. to look it up. I didn't look it up, but what immediately struck me is there's a Bob Dylan talking blues song called Talking Bear Picnic Mountain Massacre Blues, which is like a 17 minute long song about like people going on a picnic and the boat sinks. Bear Mountain is a real place in New York State. Oh, good. There you go. So it's a real, a real place. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Like, why make up a place? I was thinking of, like, Clark's Trading Post in New Hampshire that has, like, the bears that, like, ride motorcycles. Oh, the dancing bears. I love <laughs> yeah. those. I feel like uh, that's not going to last much longer. I feel like that's got to be coming to the end, right? Uh, who knows? I mean, that's nah, stuff. New it, Hampshire, bro. It last, yeah, it lasted this long. Who knows? Yeah, so that's kind of like the whole... That's how he tries to get out of the situation now, to just make this excuse. Like, listen, we're not even going to be home. And then on the way out, the um, as he's leaving, the mother hands him the rest of the box of pears. And the brother walks <laughs> in right as he's exiting. And then, again, to button the episode, he just makes a comment like, oh, now Raymond gets the pears. Like, <laughs> and uh, so now we cut forward. Now it, it's Sunday, to, uh, I'm to assume. And this is Sunday, which is Deborah's birthday. She's excited. She has the home to herself, just her husband and her kids. She's about to open up the shades, but Ray abruptly stops her and is like, no, 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 let's keep it dark. And she thinks like this is like a trigger to be like, hey, let's like let's get a little frisky, like because it's your birthday, like in the living room while the kids are home. But whatever. Like, so they start making out on the couch and he's starting to unbutton her top a little bit as as races are going to get for a family sitcom, at least on CBS. And right as this happens, the whole family walks in with like balloons and a present and everybody's horrified. Right before that happens too, though, for their walk in, he says, I thought this only happened on my birthday, which was oh, like right. a great PG <laughs> sex joke that made me laugh really hard. Which again, this all could have been avoided if they had locked the door. Well, that does come up. Yeah. And so at this point, uh, everything is exposed, right? The family just walked in on Sunday. They're still home. They're not at Bear Mountain. I'm still a little confused why they all walked in together for whatever they were going to, like, even if they were going to surprise her later on, why did they all show up at once? But like, whatever, I guess for the purpose of the show, but it, that didn't totally make sense to me. Uh, because they said earlier in the episode that Robbie doesn't like to be home alone. Robert yeah. doesn't like to be home alone. But uh, even but like, you're really close it. to them too. The Robbie is spreading, huh? Yeah. But even then, yeah. did the father have to go? Like, did both parents yeah, have to walk course. in? Like, one of them could have just brought in the balloon and gift. Like, well, look what happened earlier. The one time when when the mother went by herself over, they both came over. Where'd you go? Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, you didn't tell us where you were. They don't want to be alone. Also, uh, what happened during all this is as it's all uh, as he's coming clean, we realize that Robert drew his gun <laughs> during all of this. <laughs> Yeah, he pulls his gun. It was like that was his response to seeing um two adults making out. He went like, I don't know, if you're if you're a cop and like you probably can't be that quick draw to your gun under these circumstances. If, if that's what's getting you nervous, uh, imagine if something more serious was going on. Yeah, so again, Ray's trying to come clean now cuz everything's, you know, it's out there and tells him, "Listen, we just wanted the day alone." And he was like trying to backpedal a little bit and make it look like it was mainly Deborah, but then she nudged him so he had to fully commit again. He's like, "No, I thought this too." And, you know, and he's like, I understand how you guys can't understand, you know, the concept of needing space from, you know, people who treat a box of fruit like it's plutonium. So, you know, the, the great line there. And th they're having 
So, so they took, they were taking it fairly well at this point, but Ray still, he's going on and he's doing a good job now defending his wife, at least in the situation. Tells the father that he needs to ease up on the jokes. Like what, Joe? Oh, uh, the joke that he says, um, maybe you shouldn't say that little Matthew has homosexual tendencies. And the father's <laughs> face, like his like wide-eyed, like his blank stare when he said that, uh, that, re- that got me for some reason. His father had such a classic face. Tells the mother if, you know, she's going to come by to be critical, you have to at least call first so we can be warned, maybe hide or whatever. But like, you know, makes it known every time you come by, you're, you know, you're a little hard on us. And I don't know, they, they tell them, why didn't you just tell us earlier? And there was like a really easy resolve to that situation. They, they took the news really well and went, yeah. okay, and, and they the, left. The, yeah, she says, if you needed the data yourself, all you had to do was ask. And then they walk, they leave like nice. Yeah, it was like, like a very simple, like this request. whole buildup was for nothing. You know what pissed me off though? After all that, Deborah denied it. Like she, didn't yeah, back she, went, yeah, she backs yeah. off real quick. I'm like, you bitch. Like, well, 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 I'll say in this case, again, you're outnumbered because it's his family. Mm. realistically if he takes the fall they'll get over it they'll be they'll never hate their son forever if he plants it on her that can be a point of contention for the rest of their time as a family so like i kind of understand why you don't want all that on you i i, I can see her she point should want there. that that'll keep them out i guess but you don't want it to be hostile it's still like you know your you children still grandparents. yeah it's still family and they live right across the street but yeah they don't hold a grudge robbie might hold a grudge but the parents won't yeah. Is this what he leaves too and goes, sensitive, right? You called him Robbie too now. Yeah, you called him Robbie too. <laughs> oh, Robbie said that? Yeah, again, he always gets his, uh, he he gets gets his like, button, little button yeah. at the end. And yeah, so now they're alone and she's really excited by him standing up against his family and they just start making out again on the couch and now the daughter walks downstairs and catches him and that's that's how that scene ends i thought it was like a weird I, I thought that was just a weird way to end it with the with the daughter seeing the make out because that was just the way to get out of the scene it was it was i don't know no they were they're trying to point out that they never get to bang. Well, they're before never going to get the their parents, piece. Yeah. Before it was that, uh, before it was a fight. But they didn't really jam that point. Do do a good job jamming that point in. Like, yeah, I thought I, I just thought it was an, an uncomfortable note yeah. to leave that on. And I, then they cut. I agree. It's just I, I I like I said I don't I don't I think they were trying to go with a running joke and it didn't work. Yeah, and mm. I thought this was. I, I felt like this whole episode they didn't really know how to end it because it was that which I thought was a weird note, and then the final scene that's coming up next was a funny joke. But again, weird. And it was just a weird, it was out of place with the rest of the episode. It was just Ray and Deborah upstairs at night now with the, in the twins room and they're both like asleep and they're just looking at their kids and talking about how cute they are. And Ray goes on to a tangent about like how it's like they're cute now, but like hopefully they stay that way and they don't get a little ugly because, because they're twins it will magnify and people will notice because there's two of them. So like a little ugliness won't be tolerated because you have to see it twice. That's definitely from his stand-up routine. I was going to oh, say, sure. he definitely has it in his contract, like like how Jerry gets to say his, his yeah. stand-up in the episodes. I want to be able to say my stand-up. That's what I was saying, too. He, he reversed Seinfeld's, and at the end, he does stand-up, whereas Jerry does stand-up at the beginning. Yeah, it felt like a mm. bit, for sure, but it was like, it didn't fit there. It was just... And it wasn't funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> it, yeah, I laughed it, it at it, like, but I thought it was interesting. I just thought it was interesting parallel to Seinfeld. Yeah, like I wouldn't have like loved it on a comedy album, but for the point of a television show, it worked. But I thought it was a, just a weird note. It was just kind of a weird whole last few minutes of the episode. Parents leave very like, there's no climax. They're like, okay, bye. And then the kid sees the make out and then he makes a weird joke about good thing my twins aren't ugly. And I don't know, I, I felt like it was a pretty solid episode, but it really tailed off those last like final four to the, five minutes. The, the ending point should have been as that front door shut. 
The parents leave the front door shut. Cue laugh track. Show Raymond end. Yeah, yeah it would have ended on like on, on uh, Robert or as three of his closest friends like to call him Robbie. Uh, <laughs> it would just you know like whatever line like you know see you later, Raymond. Like whatever he says in that that would end the episode. Like leave yeah. it on that note. Or like Ferg said, that happens. They close the door. They give it a second, and then you hear like. Raymond, yeah. can I have some Fruit Loops? Like that would have been <laughs> yeah. a perfect way to. Or, or, or like, can I have a pear? <laughs> you still those pears? Like yeah, you yeah, could have done yeah. something like that. Yeah, the the, the pear callback would have been. I'm, I'm taking oh, this pear. He, he comes in and takes the pears and leaves. Yeah, that that would have. And there you, you go. That would have been the perfect Raymond. button on that whole. Would he thing. take one or would he take a pear? No, he takes the box. <laughs> oh, Joe, you got me. <laughs> waka waka. All right, so guys, that is uh, that's the whole episode. Uh, it cuts right to um, just some simple piano music and black credits. So nothing really on the outro. No, no scene after that. So that's it. That's the whole episode. Any other points about the show you guys want to get into before we get into our green letter cancel? Gordo. While I was doing some research on this, where are we doing research? Act- I get sources, my friend. Yeah. Sources. Um, so my sources tell me that there was actually a documentary made. Um, because there were other versions of Everybody Love Raymond um, done in a number of countries. And there was a documentary produced in 2009 when the creator-producer, Philip Rosenthal, traveled to Russia to adapt the show called For Local Audience. The document was called documentary was called Exporting Raymond, and it chronicles him going to Russia and trying to adapt Everybody Loves Raymond to the Russian audience. In Russia, Raymond loves you. So apparently it was really funny from what I heard. Well, thank you, Gordopedia, for that that fun update. And uh, guys, anything else you guys have to add to that episode? You guys have any other fun international tidbits about the show? Do you know that the show's writers specifically stayed away from current events to give the sitcom a timeless quality, a la The Honeymooners? They failed. Yeah, I... I don't think it's timeless, but I don't think it's crazy. But they specifically stayed away from what, current what it events. said. It, but it they stayed away to, from current events. I, but I'll say in the first couple, you know, on the first couple minutes of the episode, he talks about how Cal Ripken signed his hat. Yeah, he should have just said, like, I got my favorite baseball player. Brr, debunked. <laughs> and it happened. And Cal Ripken at that point of his career was on the tail end at like 96, right? Like, he only yes. was like towards Oh, that would have been like the last season, I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. So, that, so that joke becomes dated quickly. All right, so that's it. That's all we have for Everybody Loves Raymond. So let's just get to it right now because we've been talking for a very long time about this show. So I'm going to just go around and in the order I see you guys, Gordo, Greenlight, or Cancel, Everybody Loves Raymond. So I've seen this show in syndication a lot, and I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen this episode. And I know by design it's supposed to be wholesome and everything like that. I chuckled here and there, but based on... On this episode alone, I got to say cancel. I think they should call the show Everyone is Annoying. Uh, I guess we could pitch it. It's been, you know, this show's been on for a while. I mean, while Ray now, is an so. idiot. Ray I like that you idiot. said that and waited for the applause. Like I you, did. you yes. did that as a beat. I think they should call it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ray's an idiot. Deborah's needy. The kids are super annoying. The mother's overbearing. The only funny character is the father. And the brother is just basically funny Eeyore. But Robbie is hilarious. Uh, I don't know. Oh, Robbie Barone. The Robbie, whole thing did Robbie or I just wanted to say his name again. Robbie Barone. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a cancel for me. Joe, green light or cancel? 
I'm going to greenlight it. I guess if Gordo is Dr. Wikipedia, I'm probably Dr. Greenlight for most of these episodes. It just takes a lot for me to not to want to see more of a sitcom. And sometimes that fails because we have, spoiler alert, gone back. I did watch three episodes of Friends and I couldn't stand it. So, But I'll watch this. I love the spinoff of it. I love every actor in it. It has a hero cop. I'm in. Ferg, greenlight or cancel? Uh, it's cancel for me. Um, as much as, you know, I love my fruit of the month joke. Uh, I like the family. I just... I hate Deborah so much and it grew throughout the episode how much I hated her and I, I don't know I know you're supposed to like feel bad for her, like all oh, these parents are overwhel- overbearing blah 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 but you know what they're not my parents and from an outsider she's just a bitch when she goes you have to uninvite them to my party that they're already invited from and it has to come from you it's like no you're putting him in a terrible situation and it just she doesn't have any redeeming qualities and throughout the episode like it just it really bothered me and then nail on the head was when she would not back him up and she's like oh that's not about me what are you talking about so now he just looks like an asshole so yeah cancel based on deborah if you kill her off in the pilot at the end you know green light but all right well i've been really torn about this one and i've kind of gone back and forth and even as you guys are talking i've still been trying to make up my mind and i gotta say as it's time for me to finally make my decision. I think I'm going to land on canceling this episode. I was really torn. I was really close to green lighting and there was just a couple things and we've talked about them again. Uh, Deborah, sometimes I was on board with her, but I thought, you know, there were times where the, it didn't make sense. I thought the way they got him out of the house with the pizza thing was kind of a weird way to set that up. I like all the characters. I think they had a good dynamic with one another. I think there was great chemistry. I think some of the jokes landed really well. But overall, there were a lot of plot holes that I wasn't totally feeling. And, I, and, and the fact that it ended on such a weird note to me, uh, I think that's what pushed me over the edge. Again, it's a show I do like. I have seen this outside of the pilot episode. But for the purposes of this show, based on just the pilot, I'm going to have to cancel it. So, guys, that's three to four. And we'll find out what Nick's official green light three to cancel one. is. Three to one. Three up uh, three to one. I'm sorry. Currently, the <laughs> three cheese out of alone. four. Three <laughs> out of four. So we will find out what Nick's opinion is. And we'll put that in the graphics later in the week for those of you who follow us on our Instagram, which is S1E1Pod on Instagram. So stay tuned to find out what that is. But that's all we have for this week, guys. Thank you for listening. Again, S1E1Pod.com is the link to all of our social media. It's where you'll find our Instagram, Spotify links, Apple Podcasts, anything you need from us, you'll find at S1E1Pod.com. And also, for those of you who wanted to watch Everybody Loves Raymond after we talked about it, you can find it on Peacock. Uh, All seasons are available right there, so feel free to watch along. See if you agree with us. Let us know. Comment. But again, remember, follow us rate review subscribe do all that fun stuff for us we really appreciate it It does a lot for us spread the word let people know we exist thank you everybody good night sensitive writer raven gets the piss too